0: Today's episode is brought to you by Highlight. Buying, selling, and minting NFTs should be as easy as buying something on Amazon Prime. And that's exactly why Highlight was started. You have access to no-code tools and infrastructure to help creators and artists design and mint NFTs. You can also build custom-branded membership communities and connect with your most loyal fans. To learn more about Highlight can help your business level up, go to Highlight.xyz. That's highlight.xyz.
1: We don't want to limit ourselves to only doing warrior stories. We're not going to limit ourselves to even only doing basketball stories. We want to do, and, and, and I don't think we're even going to ultimately limit ourselves to just doing sports stories. We want to do stories that are relevant and, and resonate and have most likely some sort of sports tie to them. But if it's a story that we think we can facilitate the telling of the story and there's a place for us at that table. And if not for our participation, the story maybe doesn't get told, then we'll be involved.
0: Hey, welcome to the Trapital podcast. I'm your host and the founder of Trapital, Dan Runcie. This podcast is your place to gain insights from the executives in music, media, entertainment, and more who are taking hip hop culture to the next level. Today's guest is David Kelly. He's the chief business officer and chief legal officer of the Golden State Warriors. And he's the head of the new Golden State Entertainment, which is focused on music, media, and more. That's right. The Golden State Warriors are starting a record label. Believe me, when I heard this, I paused what I was doing and I said, okay, I got to learn more. Tell me everything. And it was great to have David on to hear more about it. A lot of the inspiration for the record label came from David's own experience in hip-hop. He was an artist himself, capital D. We talked about how his journey through music influenced when he saw the platform for of this team and ultimately the opportunities that they could provide for artists. They also have some great vets in the game that have jumped on board. No ID is an advisor to Golden State Entertainment as well as Rhymefest, who was signed on to join the record label himself. You may know both of them from their relationship with Kanye West and the work and influence he's done there, and David's own relationship with Rhymefest, too. So this was great to chat about, and we also talked about some of the potential projects coming down the pipeline. They're actually working on a project telling the story of Jeremy Lin, who is a Bay Area native, and especially around everything that happened with Lynn Sanity. We're coming up on the decade anniversary of that and the influence he had on his New York Knicks run. And we talk about what some of those future projects may look like. We also talk about some of the trends happening right now with naming rights and all of the cryptocurrencies and Web3 companies that are fighting for naming rights, both inside and outside of the arenas as well. This is a fun chat. And if you're interested in how teams like the Warriors, a team that is worth nearly $6 billion, how are they thinking about things and using their platform? This is the episode for you. Had a great chat. Hope you enjoy it. Here's my talk with David Kelly. All right. Today we have David Kelly, who is the head of Golden State Entertainment, which recently launched a record label. Congratulations. And let's actually start there. When did you first get the okay. idea to start a record label for an NBA basketball team?
1: Yeah. So it's, it's funny. So, I mean, the company is two parts. We're doing film and we're doing music as well. And so the idea has been something that's been kicking around in my head for maybe three years now. And it really came from conversations with our ownership group around what we want to create as the Golden State Warriors. Like, we see ourselves as a sports team, but really a sports entertainment media technology company. And it's up to me to try to figure out, and all of us at the Warriors to figure out what that really means and what kind of skills we can bring to bear on creating that larger vision so that to make it a reality. And so I thought about like what we do on the marketing side and what we do as a sports team like, we create stories, we create content. And then I thought about my own personal background in the music front. And I always saw myself as a content creator, storyteller. And I started thinking about how can we bridge these two worlds? And so just over time, it just, the idea started becoming more and more apparent that this is something that we can be doing as the Golden State Warriors. That we, You know, there's this ancillary markets that are close, very close to sports, specifically to basketball. And we can create content in that space, whether it's film and or music. So, yeah. And I feel like your
0: background as well, as an artist, capital D, you had an experience and you understand exactly what it takes and the nuances of the music industry. So I feel like that as well likely had a, as you mentioned, a pretty big influence on wanting to bring this to life.
1: It did. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's kind of aligning my passions and my background, my experiences into just bringing it all into even greater alignment. And with the platform of the Golden State Warriors platform that the NBA provides and being able to take who I am and really, really kind of dig into it and and align it. Right. And then for the
0: record label itself, let's talk a little bit about that. What do you see as success for the record label? How will you measure that? Because I'm sure that some people could maybe think that you obviously have a very successful basketball team itself. Is this something more that extends the brand and gets more customers in, or is it something that you know standalone does have its own benchmarks for profitability or some of the other things? Looking at how other record labels may manage themselves.
1: Yeah, so we want it, it's both. It definitely is an extension of the brand. I mean, it's good for the Golden State Warrior brand. It's already paying dividends there, but it's a separate company that has its, it's not like a division of the Warriors. This is a separate company that we launched. I mean, it needs to be a profitable company. And we're going to run it as such. In addition, we want to make sure that we're having an impact with the art that we put out, with the music that we put out. We want it to be relevant. We want it to speak to issues. We want it to inspire people. And so, you know, it's nothing new for a record Label to be focused on that. But because we are attached to a separate organization, a separate team, it needs to all be consistent with our mission as a Golden State Warriors. And so what we do all has to, and it's that word alignment again, it all has to be aligned. So yeah, so we're going to make some money. We're going to do some dope projects. We're going to have an impact and it's all going to speak to the benefit of the Golden State Warrior brand. I'm envisioning some type of opportunities, just
0: leveraging the platform you already have, whether that's at halftime an artist that is signed to the label coming out and being able to perform there they have a platform or on the other side as artists are performing at the chase center being able to feature them as headliners for some of the a-list acts that come through i feel like you having that and then you also have the channel as well just being able to leverage each of these things to amplify the voice of the platform you have
1: check 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 so yes so at game two in the series against Memphis, actually it was game four, the second home game in our, in the series against Memphis, Mazin, who's the first artist who got signed, who we signed to um, Golden State Entertainment, he performed at halftime of that game. And so, so yes, what you envision is already coming to pass. And in fact, the very before we had even announced Ghost State Entertainment, we had Bam Bam performed at halftime right before we released the song, uh, Mason and Bam Bam. I mean, that was our last home game of the season against the Lakers. So yes, we definitely want to use that. We already bring talent in, artists in to perform. And so yeah, we should be using this the same sort of the, the, the same homegrown talent that we have at GSE and finding these new ways to get exposure for artists who we're affiliated with. And for the
0: artists listening that may be interested, I know we're in this era, a lot of artists want to own their masters. They want to be able to have their own flexibility. Well, what does some of that look like for the artists that would be considering GSC?
1: Well, so I'm not going to get into the uh, finer deal points that we have, but like something like Bam Bam, Bam Bam was with this group called Got7, obviously, right? And then he went solo. We did a song with Bam Bam, but Bam Bam is not signed to Golden State Entertainment, right? He has his own career as independent artist, huge following. So we can align ourselves with any number of artists who are not signed to our label. And so I think that's something different than your typical record label in that we have this platform of the Golden State Warriors that has its own benefit that we bring to major artists, to to larger artists. And we have something that I think that's already attractive to an artist. So it doesn't have to be a long-term deal necessarily inside of every instance that, we, that we're that doing a partnership or collaboration with an artist. So.
0: And to that point, the connections and a lot of that is what makes the difference. Even when people see and understand the brand, or you had two short performing at Game One of the Western Conference Finals, E40s courtside at all these games, like oh, you God. have the culture that's there. So I do think that you have that. that yeah. Oh yeah. One of the other things I saw too is that you all have Rhyme Fest, who of course is an established artist myself, longtime collaborator with Kanye West. What did that? relationship look like and getting him on board?
1: Yeah, so fest is like family. So that, that is a friend of mine going back 30 years. And when I think about we're trying to build GSE, who do I want to align ourselves with from a brand perspective? When I think about one of the best writers that we have in hip-hop over the past several decades, someone who actually has been an activist in, in his life, still very, you know, very wise and very relevant at the same time, like people like Ryan Fest come to mind. And so that, that's where that co- kind of collaboration came from and no idea the same way, right? Like this is your OG's OG when it comes to um, knowledge of the industry, knowledge of executive coaching. So someone who can help me just in terms of trying to really run and build Golden State Entertainment. So to have him as a strategic advisor, also as a cultural advisor and producer, like there's no better person. And so, yeah. And those are just relationships from, you know, both of those guys are like family. So.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's great. And then are there any partnerships right now on the major record label side, or is it mostly a independent operation?
1: Independent at the moment. Who knows what the future might bring, but um, independent at the moment. We have a distribution agreement, so we go through a distributor like your typical indie label would, would, would do, and, we, and we're building from there. Nice. And something else you mentioned, taking a step back, looking at
0: GSE more broadly, you mentioned the tech side. And I always thought a lot about the rise of tech in the Bay Area, along with the rise of Golden State Warriors, just when they were in that run 2015 on with Steph, Clay and Draymond. And we all heard so much about the investments that they were getting involved with. I think this is a lot of what attracted KD. I know that Andre Iguodala and Steph had done work with Mastery and Rudy Clyde Thomas and what he's done there. So a lot of that, at least to me, seemed like the area brought them there, but they were each doing their own separate things. So it's interesting to hear what you may have alluded to in terms of the GSE and the Warriors itself doing a bit more directly on the investment side.
1: Yeah. And so on the investment side, as it relates to tech, that's less GSE and more just the Golden State Warriors. And we have a separate arm that looks at various different tech investments. So that's separate from GSE. GSE is on the content front, film and music. But when we talk about us being a sports, entertainment, media and technology organization, we are, as, an, as a larger organization, the Golden State Warriors, looking to make various different tech investments. The background of members of our ownership group, specifically Joe Lacob, a fantastically successful venture capitalist. And so like, he, he knows what he's doing when, he, when it comes to looking at, at those sorts of investments.
0: Let's take a quick break to hear a word from this week's sponsor. Let's talk more about today's sponsor, Highlight. It's the easiest and most effective way to onboard and establish artist's fan base to Web3. They make it easy for you to build, mint, and launch token-gated communities with no crypto experience required. Highlight is a community-building platform, not a marketing platform. You can allow your most engaged fans to participate in your community's growth by buying membership in NFTs that they own, Let members enjoy access to a private community, gated content, and exclusive benefits. And you can help creators earn a revenue split every time membership or benefits are bought and sold. Highlight is backed by the world's leading crypto technologists, music management companies, and other prominent players. Investors include Han Ventures, Kevin Durant's 35 Ventures, and more. Are you an artist, manager, or exec, and are you interested in finding out how to sign up for a free account? Learn more by going to highlight.xyz. That's highlight.xyz. That makes sense. Especially the past few years, I feel like there's so many teams as well that have either been getting more involved with crypto or the rights for naming with a lot of the crypto companies sponsoring arenas as well. And I know that some of that, you're also the chief business officer for the organization too. What has that wave been like, at least from your perspective, when you're seeing some of the companies that want to, whether it's naming rights or wanting to be able to partner with the team on a more direct basis?
1: Yeah. I mean, so we're always looking to be at the for- forefront of new innovative, whether it's technologies, ways of doing business. And so I see it, that world for the Golden State Warriors connects to what we have done in, like in, in the NFT space. And we actually, we have a partnership ourselves with FTX. And so we were, I think, the very first sports team to, to do an NFT drop around this time last year. And so I do not by any means consider myself to be an expert in that space. But we as an organization want to make sure that we're on the cutting edge and innovative. And we have a number of people at the organization who are experts in that space and guide our hand in terms of looking into uh, different companies with which, with which to partner and ways in which to, to invest in, in Web3, NFTs, and things of that nature. So. That makes sense.
0: And I guess on this note, thinking about naming rights more broadly I know that the Chase Center had signed the deal with Kaiser. You, of course, have Thrive City and naming that through them. And then with the Chase Center as well, obviously with Chase too. It feels like every few years we do go through these waves where a lot of the teams do start to change and they do start to re-up their things. And I feel like the past couple of years, we've been in one of those modes now. Does it feel that way from your perspective or do you feel like these things are constantly changing?
1: When you say one one of those modes now, can you elaborate? What
0: do you mean? Yeah, so I feel like in the past couple of years, especially in the NBA, there's been a lot of teams either a changing their naming rights to crypto related companies that like things that are reflecting a current wave, or maybe the same thing with their outdoor space. And I know that a lot of these things may change from time and time again, but I feel like the past like two, three years, we, we saw a wave where it felt like there was a lot more turnover than maybe there was in the three years or four years before that.
1: Yeah, I think that may be more coincidence. I think those things go cyclical. And so you'll have your naming rights deal, whether it's for an outdoor space or for the arena itself, your 10-year deal or 20-year deal. And just when those deals come up, they come up. And so I haven't talked to my counterparts at the other teams about it, but I'm pretty sure that Those new deals that you're seeing are there as a legacy deal that just happened to expire sometime over the last couple of years. And yes, the crypto space is very hot right now. So you'll see, you know, crypto arena and things of that nature definitely jumping in and using sports properties, specifically arenas, as a way to promote their product. And so you'll see a lot more arenas being named you know, in the crypto, crypto space, but I don't think that the number of partnerships that have changed hands over the last couple of years is increased. I don't think that's the case. You're just probably seeing more concentration inside of that particular, with that particular industry.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And I think maybe the other side of it too, is that because at least from my perspective, we're seeing more of the outdoor spaces as well, mm-hmm. like having those and maybe it's a bit more of that. I think I recently saw that the Bucks area. I think they call it Deer District. They're looking for $4 million for the naming rights for that. And I mean, I'm sure other teams are seeing that. I mean, you already have yours with the Warriors. I'm sure other teams are seeing that. Okay. Like how can we get our version of that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We named our entire plaza as Thrive City. And so, yeah, so we sold naming rights with respect to the arena as Chase Center and then sold naming rights with respect to the, the entire district as Thrive City. And so, yeah, so similar things happening with other teams. Got it. So shifting gears a bit, I want to talk a bit more about the
0: other multimedia areas of GSE. So outside of music, we talked a bit about movies, you talked about what it could look like in just like film and video in general. What does that outlook look like? What are you envisioning for the type of projects you can release?
1: Yeah, so we want to be involved in projects that are rooted in sports. By no means are they limited by sports, right? And so one of the first projects, and, and our involvement can be any n- number of things. We could be a producer. We might come to the table with the script, with the entirety of the idea. There might be a project that's already moving forward, and it just kind of needs us to make some connections and, and help to facilitate. And so we could be putting money in, not putting money in, lending our platform, any number of, any number of things. And so but one of the first projects that we got involved with was a project that was already moving forward called 38 at the Garden about Jeremy Lynn. We came in to help facilitate production of that project. And it really is a, it's exactly what it is we want to be doing on the film side at GFC. It's a story that's rooted in sports. It's the 10-year anniversary of Linsanity, but the true relevance of that project and why it speaks to us and why I think it's going to speak to so many people, it's premiering at Tribeca in a couple of weeks, is because more recently, the Stop AAPI Hate movement and the violence against members of the Asian American community makes Jeremy Lin's story that much more relevant. And there's so there's a social relevance to his story, which is why it really appeals to us. So we want to be telling stories that are rooted in sports, but have a, a larger social component to them. And so Lin, Jeremy Lin's story is specifically that. And so, yeah, we're proud to be a part of it. That makes sense,
0: especially given the connection there, because I think that some people may hear the association immediately. They may think, okay well, he's a New York Nick. How did the Golden State Warriors get involved with the project for the New York Knicks? Like, would a Madison Square Garden or their entertainment group be all over this? But what was the process like for that? Because I do assume that that is something that they would want to be heavily involved with or maybe even potentially protective of.
1: Well, to be clear, he's from the Bay Area. True. And his first shot in the NBA was with the Warriors. And his last shot in the NBA was with the Warriors. So... Our stories, we do not have to – we're not only going to be involved in stories that are Golden State Warrior stories, but for Jeremy, there are several Golden State Warrior ties, which is why it was it was something that we were very much focused on, on him and his story. We don't want to limit ourselves to only doing Warrior stories. We're not going to limit ourselves to even only doing basketball stories. We want to do and, – and, and I don't think we're even going to ultimately limit ourselves to just doing sports stories. We want to do stories that are relevant and, and resonate and have most likely some sort of sports tie to them. But if it's a story that we think we can facilitate the telling of the story, and there's a place for us at that table, and if not for our participation, the story maybe doesn't get told, then we'll be involved.
0: That makes sense. And I assume this also extends with scripted content as well, whether that is you know
1: movies and films and things like that. Correct. Yeah, we are starting off in the unscripted space, But we do not want to limit ourselves, put it that way. I think there's a lot that we can bring to bear, whether on the unscripted or
0: scripted side. That makes sense. Thinking about your team, though, and thinking about some of the stories you have potential for, a few things come to mind that I think would be amazing to see if there was something about it. The We Believe Warriors, that run, would love to see something like that. That's one of them. The other one that comes to mind is what would the Warriors version of... A last dance look like, right? Like, we obviously have to see how this playoff run goes, but what would that look like? I mean, I have to imagine that there's been some type of recording that has footage that hasn't already been broadcast about everything from likely even well before that year they won the championship because this core group had been together for so long.
1: You have a very vivid imagination. I like it.
0: <laughs> well played. Well played.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh. I agree. <laughs> Let's
0: just say that. Well, the one thing that you can ca- you can comment on, which I saw, and you can correct me if I got this right, but I saw something that said that GSC couldn't do a documentary on Steph Curry until he retires because of the league's collective bargaining agreement. And when I first saw this, I had to pause and think about it because I was like, I thought that Steph had had stuff with Facebook, I think on one of those shows. I think him and Aisha have that HBO show. What is the aspect that makes it that he could do stuff with them, but you all couldn't do something like this?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it seems a little, it doesn't seem intuitive, but when you think about it, it actually does make sense. So if we're paying, the salary cap is such that we can't pay staff more than X dollars. So we can pay him X dollars in terms of his contract. But then we can go do a movie with him that's going to make X plus Y or X or or three X dollars. The league will look at that. Any other 29 teams will look at that as a salary cap, a salary cap circumvention. And so I get it. It makes it actually does make sense. It protects us the same way it protects all the teams. And so, yeah, you can't have your separate deals under the table deals with a player where you're driving revenue to that player outside of his player contract. OK. That makes sense. So because it's still technically part of
0: the broader organization, that's why versus yeah. obviously Facebook is completely independent. Okay. There you okay. go. Okay. Interesting. Go.
1: There you go. Yeah. So it's not to say that the player can't go out and make, you know, 5X his player, his salary, and oftentimes 10, 20X his playing contract. It just can't come from the team itself.
0: Got it. That makes sense. And maybe one thing that you may be able to comment on that I've been thinking about, especially just given the era that we're in now with how much more is being recorded, every person has their own channel to share things, whether that is Steph or Draymond or whoever it is. I feel like that may make the filmmaking of a future Warriors-run documentary a little different than something like, say, The Last Dance when content and media was just less saturated then, so the footage and the content they were able to have stands out in a unique way. Does that shape Overall, at least in this era, how you may approach documentary projects or what the unique angle may be given all of the opportunities for these players and for other outlets to be able to share their voices?
1: No, it does. It does. It changes it. In some ways, it makes the player a lot more known and relevant and universal. I mean, if you think, if you look at a player like Draymond, who has been able to, he's a personality on TNT. He has his own podcast and he's phenomenal inside of all the the different venues that he's in. It makes him a lot more known. It makes him a lot more marketable. And so that could be a a very good thing for when we're trying to do, if we might try to do an ultimate, our version of the Last Dance documentary, right? Because I think that, you know, there are still stories to be told. There is still the definitive story to be told. And so I don't think that it necessarily detracts from what it is that we're trying to do. I think one can build upon the other. Maybe we have to look at it differently, and some of the stories that we're going to maybe tell are going to be a little bit different than stories that you may have already heard as a listener. That makes
0: sense. And I think in a lot of ways, the fact that there is more means that there's so much more to build upon. I think back to last year, so this would have been 2021, when Draymond and Kevin Durant had had that Bleacher Report conversation they had. And Mm -hmm. it was created enough buzz to create a moment, at least for people that follow the NBA. And you had two people that were just sharing their thoughts on one particular aspect of, you know, not one particular aspect, but one of the main things surrounding that discussion was one of the infamous interactions that they had had. So I think that those things do like you're saying, they build upon each other and they create new opportunities to tell and share these stories.
1: That's right, I agree. Yeah, that makes
0: sense. Well, this has been great. I think it's exciting. You have a lot of stuff that we're definitely gonna keep an eye on. And I guess before we let you go though, are there any future GSE projects that you're excited about or anything that we haven't touched upon as you're thinking about what the future looks like, where the potential is and where things are going?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a number of film projects that we're working on right now. We're not in a position to announce anything yet, but we there may, there's another one that we're working on with respect to a retired basketball player. probably gets announced over the next month or so. When that comes out, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. What we have announced are some of the, is the lineup that we have on the music side. And so I'm really excited for people to hear this new Juice project and a couple of projects that we have with Georgia and Muldrow, because those are two legacy artists who I think have not received their just due in their careers. And I think there's a underground, hardcore support that they have, and we're just looking to see if we can expand upon that, because... I think Georgia Ann is the Nina Simone of our generation. Like she is, her voice and her ability to produce and sing, and and her viewpoint on the world is just something that we just love to be aligned with. I love to listen to and be aligned with, and so I'm really excited about that project.
0: Nice.
1: Any plans in
0: audio, not music related, podcasting?
1: We've kicked some things around. Yeah, we've kicked some things around. Nothing that's concrete at the moment, but you know, we're we are aware of all the various different mediums. And so we're looking to see how it is that we might be able to to do storytelling via all different media. Sounds good. Looking
0: forward to it. Well, David, this is great. Thanks for coming on and chatting. Before we let you go, where could people find you or find the uh, GSE if they want to follow up and keep up to tabs with everything that you have coming?
1: Yeah, so we're going to start doing a much better job of updating our website. So our website is is gsent.com. And we're also on Twitter and on, and on Instagram as well. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. This is great. Hey, appreciate it, man. This is great.
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and share it with a friend.